Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very interesting episode of uh, our, of the podcast. We've got kind of a fascinating, peculiar, uh, peculiar, uh, and also I think really important film to talk about today. This this time we're talking about uh, the movie that came out came out in two thousand and eighteen, directed by Boots Riley, who I think before this this is his first movie, his first directed movie. I think was maybe more well known as a, I think a musician. I believe that's where I I'd been familiar with the name. But it's directed by Boots Riley as just like a very very confident like first example of a first movie. I was very impressed with what he did. This movie is Sorry to Bother You, and I just want to get to talking about it because it's such a fascinating one. My name is Sean Anderson, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host. Stephen Reyes. And you're listening to more movies. Please. Happy Levels Levels Day to you, Stephen. It's another Happy Levels Levels. Fine Levels Levels Day. Ah. So I'm going to give the spoiler alarm. But um, I don't know if we can even give out any spoilers in this film because I'm still kind of lost. <laughs> so that's interesting because I, I, to my recollection, I, I was under the impression that you had seen this before. I was under the impression as well that so I'd like, seen it before, or that you had. Well, I had. I thought you had. No, this was the first time for me. For me, okay. And Johanna, she watched it with me. <laughs> oh, poor thing. So um, I had no idea what to expect, and I I almost <laughs> felt the need to apologize to her afterwards. I, I did apologize to Nicole. So I thought I had seen it before. So I had started it before, uh-huh. but apparently, after the whole Danny Glover teaching him how to do his white voice, yeah, I didn't see anything after that. Oh, okay. So I don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't seen it. So I was watching it, and we got to the part of like he's at the party. Mm-hmm. And Nicole comes back from finishing up all her after work work and sits down with me. And it's at the party. That's where it as starts going, to get insane. <laughs> as he starts rapping with his two word oh. rap, yes. which I will not say. Neither will I. I have even less of a reason to say it than you do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say he was going something shit, something shit, something, uh-huh. something, something shit. <laughs> I mean, it was a catchy tune and it caught on with all the other white people at the party. I think there were only two <laughs> black men there. Yeah, it was him and it was Mr. Blank there. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, like, this is a movie that feels like everything, everything, every single moment, everything that seemed kind of strange or out of place had a, a distinct and probably very, um, um, I don't know, historical or, or important reason for existing in this film. Like... I think if you're a good director, then you're not doing anything in a film just accidentally. Like you have everything planned out. But this one especially felt like every single moment had ver- had a-, a lot of significance to it. And like I'm trying to figure out like what was the significance of um, Mr. Blank's name being bleeped out. Like you couldn't even read their lips because they censored the lips too. Yeah. So I I don't know there that there was a lot of stuff that made sense to me that they're going oh they're using this to express this Mm. there were some things i'm just like 
Um, I'm still wondering why you use this as your catalyst for this conversation, but we'll get there. So I, I do want to just jump back to the beginning, yeah. essentially, where yeah, yeah. where it started I, off kind of as a normal movie. <laughs> yeah, it started off as a normal movie where he he's living in his uncle's garage uh-huh. with, has uh, with a malfunctioning garage door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just struggling to make ends meet, and that. I have been low on gas money before, but never to the point where I'm giving them less than a dollar. Never 40 cents low? (laughs) No, like he said that. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he gives 40 cents. I'm like, wow, is that really going to get you anywhere? Because like the worst I ever did was I swiped my card and put $5 in the tank. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet that would, I bet that one kind of sent your heart racing a little bit too. Like, yeah, I could do $5, but can I eat tomorrow? Ugh. But like, ha- what what is 40 cents going to get you? Like by the time you finish pulling the handle, it's done. I think so. Just, just one, you know, belch into the gas tank, probably just a, yeah. uh, like a cloud of fumes from the, from the pump. Well, the car was already fuming every time he drove it. I know. Like, I don't understand how the car was driving. And I was worried that like that 40 cents was just going to be lost to like uh, smoke coming out of the hood. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that was that was a rough car. Uh, you know, to be fair, it was it, it was a free car. So beggars can't mm-hmm. be choosers, I guess. But it, it was a rough the, car. The taillights were held on by duct tape. <laughs> a lot of stuff was unique. The wiper duty. Oh yeah, I wasn't expecting <laughs> that at all. I thought it would just be like terrible kachunk kachunk wipers, but they're just yeah <laughs> being pulled by pulling rope. a string. Like I thought he was she was gonna have to stick her hand out there and just start wiping it by hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, wow, wait, you're actually like whatever. Hey, you know, it kind of worked somehow. <laughs> this movie gave me multiple versions of nightmares. Right. That. I do love like when he called people how they had his desk drop into whatever intimate moment they were in. <laughs> Talk about intimate moments. <laughs> there were there was a few, but I, I did like that effect because it was like boom. Now you're in this environment that you're calling, so I like that. But I had yeah. so many call center nightmares be triggered by that place. I can imagine. I want to talk about that a lot because if I recall correctly, you've worked at one. Not a telemarketer, but the Verizon call center. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, like that, that like dropping into the person's like kitchen or living room or, or, uh, uh, sex couch, um, was who answers the phone during that? That's a good question, Stephen. Besides Hilton. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. uh, Yeah. If you're in the middle of that, then I, I would hope, I don't know, maybe that guy wasn't that great. (laughs) <laughs> if you're that distracted <laughs> but i i love i love seeing that i wasn't expecting it i wasn't expecting this movie to have such like a um a charlie kaufman michelle gondry feel to it um like specifically it reminded me of eternal sunshine of the thoughtless mind that kind of a feel yes where it yeah, was yeah. yeah all of these very unique visual things were just all so practical and inventive and like just done in such an easy way production wise but mm-hmm. looked so cool and clever and unique and like it's stuff you don't see in movies these days like it, i mean it, it seems kind of cliche to say but like you know if this was done in any other big budget movie that would have just been green screened it would have been visual effects and i love that yeah, they didn't that do that it was very unique I'd have to say that it put you in the moment i think this is probably why it got such a high percentage on it's rating yeah, yeah. just because of the, the style itself 
I think that played that, a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it hadn't had some of this interesting camera movement or just even the sound had some uniqueness to it, I feel like people might have gotten bored, at least in the first half. Because like the last half of the movie, you're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah, how do you get bored during that? But to the first half, if it was literally just like a guy and his girlfriend and then talking on the phone and then cutting to the other side of the phone call. What an event, easily get interesting. bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, I, I agree. And then they kept like ramping up the, the craziness because uh, in between each of, uh, 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 damn it, what was his name? Uh, in between, Cassius Green? Cassius. Oof. Oh, there's there's another interesting parallel uh, between. No, never mind. I, I don't know where that was going. But I, I like um, seeing the in between call moments with Cassius, mm. like just in his chair, like just being like crushed under like the failure of his uh, unsuccessful calls, and then behind him is like just this coffee, the copy room with two white guys in there, like with paper flying around, like even during the non call moments, there was always some sort of like visual craziness or flair happening that i think just yeah kept it from becoming kind of just like a a, a sad workplace drama yeah so yeah i i agree i think even the the first half was always there's always something um uh visually entertaining but also just like kind of off from reality that kept kept me really engaged for me one of the things that i'm sure wasn't stuff that always kept other people engaged was me watching his lips because you know somebody else is dubbing over his white voice yeah it was uh, so, david cross comedian david cross did his white voice which so i was I just love. trying to see like how well they mimicked each other because <laughs> that's hard to do right i was like i, I need to see like how, how close are you how, are you doing good like yeah I, I, I was obsessed with that but that was just because i'm always like oh that's a tenth of a second off when something's out of sync right right yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's something that's hard to to look for. Sometimes I think you can kind of feel it usually, mm-hmm. but to to really spot it with your eyes takes a, a very very keen and trained ear, which I think not a lot of people have. Unlike you, Stephen, where you've got expert ears. <laughs> that's why I have a hell of a time watching the old Godzilla movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what must those be like? <laughs> Um, I just try to enjoy the action. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I would, I would think that like, those are so far off and it becomes such like, uh, uh, like, I don't know, a cultural joke by this point that it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like part of the fun of watching one of those. It, it, yeah. It's, it's part of the fun. Just like how, if I watch a B movie, shark movie these days, <laughs> even if they're doing a pretty good job. I'm just like, yeah, that was just cheesy. I, gotta, I forget what movie it was called, but there was a girl who like went out on a swimming, got stranded. Her friends came to save her. The shark took them out. Her sister tried to save her. The sister got bitten, but she so uh, sister A, the one who was originally stranded, saved sister B from being eaten, but she passed out from loss of blood. She finally gets the shark to run away and she's like ha ah, i beat you i beat you because she set the water on fire and then she's celebrating the shark pops up on the dinghy and takes his sister down and eats her sister i'm like man okay very traumatic moment very well put there that it's like hey you know out of the woods but just the poor graphics i'm like oh boy <laughs> yeah so i i'm <laughs> i'm curious you you kind of mentioned this offhandedly but is uh the b movie shark movie sort of its own like 
subgenre of bad B movies now? Because <laughs> there are so I, I many think, of them, right? I think so, because I think it's just been so overplayed. Uh huh. Yeah, I would think so. There's there is a movie where sharks are in why. a tornado. That's if that's not mm-hmm. overplayed, I don't know what is. I don't know why the sharks became the B movie thing. I think people have just like a fear of like deep dark water, and sharks are always just like. They, they've been known to eat people, so it's just this spooky, scary thing. Yeah. But it has so, con, kind of, pun intended, overboard, I guess. <laughs> a bing. <Yep. laughs> yeah, that's a bing. Uh, so did you catch, before we get into the craziness of this film, uh-huh. when they were all at the bar and Danny Glover's character, which, let's see, Langston, Langston yeah. was at the bar and he's like, why, why aren't you dancing? He's like, I'm too old for this. Uh, yes. I love that. I love that happened. And I was, I turned over to Johanna. I'm like, ah, poking her in the side. Ah, yeah. You know where like that's it, from? It, it was just like, what, two or three words away from being the exact line. Uh-huh. I, that one, <laughs> that moment was just like, it really, it really connected with the film lover in me. I was like, yes yeah yes that needs to, whenever danny glover is in a movie that needs to happen yeah well we just have to watch maverick because there's some nice <gasps> yes, moments that, there that bank robbery scene between mm-hmm. them and they like they use the lethal weapon buddy music in the background <laughs> i mean it's ridiculous and it's completely it'll take you out on the movie it's breaking the fourth wall like crazy but it's so yeah. much fun <laughs> it, it is it's kind of like as ridiculous as that prep meeting that they were doing in the for the telemarketing yeah, what? which I was like, I gotta, what kind of meeting was that? I got to ask you, as somebody who's worked in a similar ish environment, how like how close to reality were these moments like that prep meeting or just making those calls or receiving those calls? Was it for you? Like, was this sort of a, a flashback, uh, a terrible like flashback scenario sort of movie for you? So, yes, it was as regards to how accurate it was. That meeting they had was absurd that don't get me wrong, the full of shit comments that they would say to try to get you pumped, uh-huh. like the synergy and all that. Oh, yes. Business that that stuff was there. But the feeling like you're being talked to by a pawn shop owner, because <laughs> they just had that look of where the hell are we yeah that greasy the, the meetings like, looked uh, the meetings looked nicer but it was definitely this full of we can do this you got to do this da, 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 da. god that and that sort of yeah. thing is like so repulsive to me that i like it's one of the main reasons why i've never considered uh that sort of a job as something i would want to do and you know who knows maybe i'll get to the point where i have to do it i'll just have to grit my teeth and muscle through it and just like go home and cry or something but like it, it's that's sort of like, um, hey, we're all in this together and let's get excited about this mind numbing, soul crushing work and let's be a family together. That kind of shit is enough to make me say like, well, I quit. I'm done. None of you are that's my family and I hate you all. <laughs> why I quit. Like, granted, I do think a call center for a cell phone company or Apple or anything like that. Yeah. It's slightly better than telemarketing because at least there's a product that you want and they're just trying to push more of it on you rather than just trying to push something on you, period. Yeah. Well, with that situation, isn't isn't it kind of reversed? Like you're not, were you ever selling something to people or are you just? Yes. Oh, you were. Okay. 
So those little lights, which never lit up for Cassius's desk, even though he was making cells, right. they never turned on the light. I'm like, you made a point that they have lights, but you never added a bulb. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but so they did have that to the point where every time we would get a s- upgrade, because back then it was still upgrades or a sell an accessory, mm-hmm. they would get a report like, hey, this order's been processed. And they come over with a little flag and shove it on your desk. Oh, nice. All right. <laughs> and so that at the end of the week, one person's desk could be full and somebody else's would be empty. And you'd be like, Argh. that's really that's really crummy. God, I hate that. And what it was definitely a lot of stick to the script because, oh yeah, push the upgrade, even though the person's calling for payment arrangements on their bill. But I'm st- like, sell them oh, more. Like, no. Why would we want to try to sell them something extra if they're tr- needing more time to pay their bill? Uh, 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 Steven, this is Steven. not morally correct. What, what what did they say it was? Sitas or stick to the script? S T T S. Doesn't matter uh-huh. if they're broke. It doesn't matter if you're an old woman who who whose husband is in the hospital and they can't figure out a way p- to pay the bills. Stick to the script. You know what? They can shove that script where the sun don't shine. I completely agree. I completely agree. I, it's so demoralizing. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I more power to anybody working in that uh, uh, profession in that job because I can't. I couldn't do that. It feels so like, I, I mean, you know, I think soul crushing is kind of a cliched mm-hmm. saying, but it feels exactly like that. I feel like I would end my day every day just like feeling gross and sad. Sad, eat fast food, go home, sleep, do nothing, just be like yeah. done. I mean, yeah. And I like work is work. And I won't ever um, try to make people feel bad. I like I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad for the work they're doing because you got to work. But, like, I couldn't do it. I don't think I have the strength to do it. And, like, uh, like I said, more power to the people that can manage it. Because, oof. And I have a white voice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe, uh, according to this movie, I would do okay. Potentially. Although, no. But... I, it, they did make a point of saying, like, uh, 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 I think it was Danny Glover was saying, like, you gotta have a white voice. And it wasn't just, like, a white boy like me sounding voice. It was, like... It, it was uh, uh, just a mindset, uh, uh, like a feeling to the voice of like, hey, man, I don't really need to be here, but I'm trying to help you out. And then by the end of the time, by the time we hang up this call, we'll be great. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go off and sit on my boat because we're all just in this together. And I don't have that because I'm poor as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have the voice that would sell. No, no. I've got I've got a white sounding voice, but I don't have the capital letter white voice you are not cassius green no i will never be a power caller at this rate who would want to be a power caller because ugh. i mean that that like, elevator know. was it was a nice looking elevator <laughs> okay it was a nice looking elevator are you laughing at the keypad yeah. <laughs> never <was> ending <laughs> keypad <laughs> i that was that was a ridiculous moment when um what was her name uh i think yeah, Dana Debosheri mm-hmm. um, was putting in the numbers. It, that went on for a long time and it was hilarious. It, it was. And it's funny how now that he was becoming a power caller, that that was so coveted that she kind of wanted him. 
Right? That was a weird dynamic shift because before that, she was just, I don't know, HR for the phone <laughs> bank or whatever. Breaking uh, HR rules right there. I know. I know. But the, yeah, got into, the ho- got into the elevator and she was, I think if, she, if her hands weren't so busy trying to put numbers into the keypad, her hands would have been all over him because he, it was, it was so strange. It was just like, oh, he's powerful now. Therefore, I must want him, mm-hmm. which I guess is a real dynamic. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to be in the corporate business world to, to like understand why a person would think that way. But uh, so much of this movie, uh, Stephen, just, is just so foreign to me. I don't really get it. It was definitely weird mm-hmm. that um, the call center environment was just sad to see because it's just like, oh, you're so down on your luck that this seems like an amazing job. Yeah. That this is a great thing. And you're just like, no, like even though you could potentially be making money you're essentially the low end of the totem pole still like how much is your morals worth because when he found out they're essentially selling sweatshop labor like what kind of number was on that paper to make him go yeah that's fine by me yeah 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 and like clicked like that that's an interesting question though and the whole uh uh the whole call center thing was was just it's just fascinating to me it it's very subtly suggesting, uh, or maybe even not so subtly suggesting this, this like slave labor, um, aspect of it because, you know, it, yeah. there's, there's this, this black man who is like begging these white supervisors to give him a job to, to, to do all this work for the, the white bosses and to like debase himself and stick to the script and do what he's told for the benefit of his white bosses. And all in the hopes of like rising above and, and getting, uh, you know, a better status in life if he does well for, you know, and they, they don't even really give him a pathway to follow. It's just like, if you do well, then maybe you'll get this thing, but we're not going to tell you how to do it. You just have to keep working your ass off for us it's is a really fascinating look. I mean, this whole thing is a, is a very good social satire about um race in in the world but it's it's portrayed in such a way that just makes it um i guess understandable for everybody and uncomfortable for everybody as it should be i think it it, it was extremely uncomfortable because it was entertaining how some some of the stuff was extreme to me mm-hmm. that her for instance her art gallery yeah she was putting herself through that demoralizing scene yeah of people just kind of throwing stuff at her Batter for their own entertainment if they felt like it. And sheep's blood too. Which cool. yeah, which made sense though, because at the very least it was like, hey, this is what you're doing to yourself. Like you're lessening yourself for the gain of money. So she was essentially showing an extreme version of what he was gradually doing. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. She was saying, you know, uh 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 I like we're all victims to technology and and violence. And we have blood on our hands and blood is raining down on us. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've got hands all over us. It was, it's, it was really interesting. I, I think kind of protest art. Yeah. That at first I was like, why is she putting herself through that? But then I actually saw how it was. I'm like, oh, okay, now that's making sense. So that yeah. one fits I mean, for me. Cassius said that, like, why are you doing, he got up there and said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this for entertainment? Why are you doing this for this audience? And she was like, hey, guy, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to prove a point here. Yeah. Well, she pretty much, she kicked him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of, you know, I kind of support her. Like, I don't, I, 
it, it's an interesting, I know this sort of like contemporary art thing is not really my bag. It's not something I really go in for because I don't know. I like sort of the classical stuff, I guess, more than this sort of thing. Um, but I think it was still a very powerful statement and I totally support it, but it's, I don't know. I don't know. It was an interesting bit of the film. It was hard to watch a lot of this stuff. Yeah. 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 And just in general. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was, it was a real challenge and it was, it made me feel uneasy to see a lot of the stuff, especially like, uh, the, you know, the, the protest outside of what Regal view and, um, seeing, um, these, these police officers, escorting in the the power callers through the the picket lines and just like beating the shit out of them and this movie was when did this movie came out come out it came out in 2018 um mm-hmm. in a time when you know this wasn't you know like protesters getting beaten up by the police wasn't an uncommon thing there but watching it now in 2020 after what's happened this year made it feel so much more like uh, uh like i felt so much more disgusted with the um behavior of these power callers and the police just like beating the protesters with sticks all for the the crime yeah. of of speaking out yeah the, that they were just literally whirling on them that the protesters at least at that point hadn't given them a reason to hit them like they could have pushed through mm-hmm. but they were still like not throwing stuff until later on in the film where there was like have a coke bitch but right. other than that yeah 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 uh it was just the what was being valued was disgusting like even when he went to that party which we'll go back and forth to the party a lot he's like oh yeah i'm being invited to the big party where i'm making a lot of money and then it turns out that they just wanted him like a i kind of wrote it as dance monkey dance when they were trying to get him to rap very their entertainment yeah the the rapping yeah i think you're definitely right he Mm -hmm. was just a uh a toy for the rich white people yeah and then and then even more so when was the cost of his money Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even more so when when uh, Army Hammer, what, what was his name, Steve Lift, which is a ridiculous name, um, was like, "I want you to be our Martin Luther King, our, our Martin Horse King." It's, it's just more of this like, <sighs> we have we have the money and the power, and we want you to serve our uh, our our desires. It's like we know that we're going to get an uprising from what we're doing, so we need somebody to squash it. Yeah. And like just reroute that energy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which is kind of what was happening with the protests too, because I like, I mean, the protesters wanted uh, Cassius to be a part of it to kind of mm. uh, to to get collective bargaining, bargaining rights and to unionize and to become a, a unified, powerful voice so that they could be respected as human beings. Um, <laughs> but then, ironically, yeah. But then, you know, Cassius was very swayed by the the prospect of a lot of money, as I think most people would be. And then he was used as a tool to just like, I don't know, say that these protesters were crazy and uh, like just push past them, get to get to the most important thing, get to the parties and the money, because these guys are just insane hippies. You know? Yeah, that essentially there was a lot of this where you were seeing how people, if they can get what they want, don't care what happens to others, that money is what will really take control, put you either below a certain status or get you to a point where you're willing to do unspeakable things for money. So it was just like showing the corruption and the lack of morals and values on multiple sides. 
Yeah. But the thing that I was still lost at, like, I get that they were using, what was that company called? Like free something. Damn. I just, it was wrote it worry free, worry free. Okay. So the worry free was a very clever ploy to get cheap labor. Cause yes, people wouldn't have to worry about where their roofing and food is coming from, but then they're in a life contract. (laughs) Yeah. They can unjustly be worked more than what they are earning based on the other stuff. So like it's a massive trade off. Uh So the thing is I get how that was like slavery in a way, pretty much Mm. actually it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And that's how it was just an unfair deal, Mm -hmm. but letting people choose to get in it. I don't get the horse thing. (laughs) That sounds like it. I don't understand that either. Um, uh, I don't know. From, I'll, I'll get to the horse thing in a second. The, the whole worry-free thing is interesting to me because I, I think it is an analog for slavery um, mm-hmm. as it has been kind of like classically known. Um, but the interesting part about it for me is that it was uh, positioned as something that you can willingly get into. And it, it kind of ma- uh, gave me or made me think of um, corporations like uh, Foxconn, mm-hmm. um, which is the, uh, like, I guess, technology manufacturer. Um, like they, they, uh, I think probably most famously are known for assembling like the iPhones, uh, of the world, but they also, they, they assemble technology and, 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 and tech for many different companies. And I think they're sort of structured in a similar way where, um, you know, you, you can agree to work for them or you can like live on campus and as you work there. And they will feed you, but you're, you're essentially, you're just there as, um, a living, breathing machine to put together things for other people. And also it kind of reminded me of like the, uh, Amazon a little bit with like the Amazon warehouses where people yeah. are just worked sometimes to death and they, they go there and just like are working themselves to the bone for a pittance in the hopes of just like trying to survive to the next day while um, their managers and the uh, owners of these corporations, Jeff Bezos, which, uh, you know, I'll get to him in a second, a, a profit off of the slave labor of these people who are only getting barely minimum wage while the the owners are billionaires. And in the case of Bezos, multiple, like a hundred billionaires. Yeah, the, whether it's an extreme. The extreme examples like that are just like, as you mentioned, minimum wage. Yeah. Often people are being misused for the amount of work that they're putting in and what they're getting in return. Yeah. I mean, you know, I... It's just... I think you have to put in some work to become extraordinarily wealthy, although not as much as anybody would claim. I think these billionaires would claim that they work more than they ever do. Um, I don't know. Unless you're like the monarchy, I don't think you really ever, no, you know, I'm not even going to finish that sentence because it's not true. But I, I, I think that the, the disparity between the amount of time worked between the, uh, heads of these corporations and the lowly like wage workers is crazy. Like these, these corporation owners, I don't think could ever make it through like a week's worth of minimum wage shifts. Uh, it's it's remarkable to see like steve lift isn't going to be you know working a day out worry free at the corporation he owns Mm -hmm. he's gonna sit around snorting his insane lines of cocaine and encouraging other people to become horses (laughs) so that they could just be uh stronger faster better labor laborers Uh, exactly 
but um i want to say i want to say about these equisapiens i i my guess um again i would really like to read more from like boots riley the director about like mm-hmm. his inspiration and a lot of what what he feels all this symbolism means uh to him and for the film but I, my feeling about the equisapiens is that they like steve lift is literally turning people into cattle to okay just serve his corporation and it you know it literally this time he is turning them into giant like uh uh half centaur almost like just walking horses with enormous penises that are just out in the open <laughs> just to uh, it's it he said as much uh when he showed that video to cassius like we're turning people into equisapiens because they can work uh they, they're so much stronger and they can work longer hours and and they are just the next evolutionary step and it was all just to move like boxes and warehouses better than normal people can okay so that makes a lot more sense because when i was watching it i was trying to like figure out why did they go like up until the horse point everything else was like registering with me about how people were getting used abused and all that and then the horse thing i was just like wait what like if they had had pants <laughs> then I might not have been so focused on the extreme <laughs> visuals that they had. It's very Because then it would have been like, I'm like, oh, they trained the horse. And I might have been able to come to the cattle realization on my own. But it was just really in your face. And Nicole was just like, what the hell are you watching? What the <laughs> hell is happening? Because she walked in on the orgy scene. Stephen, are you watching horse porn? What is happening? And And then I was just like, I don't know. At the moment, I feel like the director was making one point and then all of a sudden, he did a line of coke and started dreaming about horse people uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because that's all i could focus on and i was just like uh, like i guess i needed it to be thrown in my face even more like somebody saying we will not be your cattle that would have been like oh you sure yeah yeah there it is <laughs> so well they, they- a lot of the movie was like a visual art and symbolism that you had to like pick up on mm-hmm. so yeah i i think they did kind of say we will not be your cattle in the uh like mid mid credit scene um when mm. all of the equisapiens come to uh steve lift's like palatial mansion and they oh, type yeah. in the, the password love, like, and they just like like we're here to get you like sorry to bother you like that that was that was pretty awesome actually <laughs> that was fantastic yeah, yeah. i love to was see just it like, because nice way to bring it home <laughs> right 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 i love to see that i love to see <laughs> that kind of uh uprising with the equisapiens because i'm like oh steve lift doesn't stand a chance he made these like quote-unquote monsters these these very powerful people and didn't think that they wouldn't like this and so like if you make um if you make the people below you stronger and don't keep a boot on their neck then they're going to overpower they're going to overthrow you and you're going to do uh you're going to deserve it and by giving them like strength literal physical strength but also like mm-hmm. a unified collective like uh, uh anger an aggression toward uh, uh, the the powerful people who don't want to help you out, then you're going to get overthrown. Then you're going to have protests and you're going to, you know, you're going to get crushed or you're going to get a horse penis slapped in the face. <laughs> yes, they will be. And I will cheer for it as I cheered at the end of this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, because at first we thought they were running over the people. Yeah. Like in that one, right when he's locked away and both Nicole and I were like, <gasps> I know, like they're right. really going to the extreme. And then the horse people started pushing the car, the van backwards. And we we're like, oh yeah, yeah, wait, we're cheering about deformed horse people. 
okay, whatever. Let's just finish the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was a weird moment where I'm like, hell yeah, you naked horse people. I'm I'm cheering for you. Yeah. I never thought I would uh, ever cheer for that moment in a movie or say these words in my life. But here we are. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just it was hard to watch with or without the horse people just because of all the stuff that was being done to fellow humans, period. Yeah, I I think that is kind of the point of the movie, though, because mm-hmm. I think it's easy for people who aren't uh, uh, living this sort of a, a, an existence every day to just like turn a blind eye to just the, the, the difficulty of daily life that so many people have to um, live. You know, they have to go into soul sucking, terrible, terrible jobs where they have to sell. I don't even know what the encyclopedias, I guess it was to mm-hmm. people who are having sex on couches for some reason and then go home and, and barely make ends meet and you're living in a garage and who knows what you're eating. Um, cup of noodles, cup of noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really easy to not think about that stuff because it's difficult and, and unpleasant to think about, which is why I love this movie because it's putting the reality of so much like sadness and, and difficulty, uh, that a lot of people in this world face in a kind of easier to digest form in a way that makes it you know easy to see but also kind of warms its way into your head in a way that makes you think wow these you know i didn't realize it was this bad or like i knew it was this bad but gosh like this dude's car is really terrible why won't somebody help him out and then i think it just sort of kicks off It, it can inspire people to think deeper about like the the real uh injustices that happen to just normal people like anybody else normal people that aren't millionaires or billionaires yeah which is to say most people and i guess the biggest question that everybody will walk away from either listening to this episode or watching the film is what will you do in those situations and that's not like directed necessarily at you that's i'm directing it towards anybody who's hearing us right now just think what you would do and also make sure don't get yourself hurt (laughs) yeah yeah and don't snort any cocaine that's put in front of you or you know what looks like cocaine because it could turn you into a horse who knows yeah i honestly thought like when he dropped to the ground he had hit himself with the garage door like damn that's it what i thought because there was I a went, shelf there i was like oh his nose is gonna be all busted up yeah like that well it was busted up <laughs> but i thought like it was like since he was going back to his roots he was like fuck i gave all that up <laughs> yeah and then it was just like that oh that was horrifying then he had the start of a horse face mm-hmm. I, yeah that was interesting I, I wasn't expecting it. And then the movie just like it credits right there. <laughs> which would have been fine. And then they did the other scene, which I liked. But I was just yeah. like, man, they dropped it on a sad note. And then they yeah. kept going. I, I'm glad they had that that last final moment with Steve Lift because I'm like, man, that really puts a nice bow on this. I Because mm-hmm. I, I like to see people protesting for what they believe in and for and, and against the injustices in this world. Hey, you know, like if, if you want to protest, then protest the hell out of uh, everything. But I like if all you can do is watch movies like this and talk about these injustices and just like throw a few bucks toward these uh, organizations that are uh, trying to do real good in the world, then that's also fantastic, too. You know, just like don't like the Equisapiens at the end. Don't accept 
uh, like being turned into uh, cattle for the rich people of the world. Be like the protesters. Be like, be like Glenn or Steve Yun or what was his actual character's name? <laughs> uh, squeeze. Be like Squeeze and and like band together and fight for you what you really believe in in whatever way you can fight. Fight for your right to party. To party. That too. Fight for no, your right just, to party, man. Just fight for your rights. That um. I feel like we are at the horse's end of this conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to make that the subtitle for this one. <laughs> this is really the horse's end. I guess my question to you, which is our traditional, uh-huh. assuming that they're not streaming it, yeah. rent or buy? Uh, at least rent. Uh, like, if you can find it to stream, watch it. If you can't, then rent it. I think this is a really important movie. I think it it's... Mm really worth watching um just know that you're going into watching a satire this isn't going to be like a straight-up drama or a straight-up comedy this movie has a message and it's using uh the realities of the world and injecting some comedy into it to illustrate a bigger problem and it's doing it in a very like visually uh pleasing and entertaining way also uh, uh an orally an audio pleasing way because the the visuals and the audio and the music all come together in a really captivating way and you could speak more to the the sound of it it's just although i feel like i don't know if it was the itunes copy i was watching but it felt like some of the sound mix was was a little low like all the white voices seemed a little hard to hear it, it was a little low that essentially they kept on just playing with the levels mm-hmm. for whatever moment was supposed to be extreme they really just kind of slap you in the face with the sound yeah and everything else was just pretty low because there was points where i'm trying to lower it because the bass is booming uh-huh. at the vip part of the club which the password was the same every <laughs> damn day so everybody was vip right <laughs> And then there are other times where it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, this is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it, it is definitely worth a rental if you have to pay for it, that it's not something I'm going to be watching over and over again, Yeah. but I did get it for like only a dollar more than the rental price. So I think I got it. now at least yeah. I can let other people on my account get exposed to this. I think that's important to do. Like if you can share this movie with somebody, then I think you should mm-hmm. say you should share, you should share it with somebody because especially As people who, with you guys yeah yeah especially who people who don't already uh share what i'm hoping are your sensibilities and and um views on the world like it could if you share it with somebody who could be open to a movie like this it may get them to reconsider their views on on the world and society so yeah, i think it's it's well worth a watch you hear that texas <laughs> Texas is actually changing. Texas is interesting these days. Uh, that could be another conversation. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's but- it's it's a fascinating movie, and it, it did not become what I thought it was going to be, but it was still entertaining nonetheless. It, it was very entertaining, yeah. which I think so is just I, a mis- uh, like an error on like the trailer creators' part. I I thought this was just going to be uh, like a, a black office space sort of comedy. I I had that hint uh, like of black office space or more of like money will corrupt if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it definitely took the I sixty and then made him just kind of jumped right off the ramp. Yes, it did. <laughs> they didn't even take the exit; just went off the ramp. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, as always, we want to 
thank everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed hearing this episode as much as we enjoyed our brains and knowledge being expanded by this movie. Make sure to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever a person can leave a review. It really does help us out that we hope you are safe and doing well and have recovered from some of the visuals of this really good movie. I am Stephen Reyes here with my fantastic co-host, Sean Anderson. And we are more movies. Please.